Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org slash notes. Today, Gloria Copeland and her guest, Billy Brim, share the value of the Word of God in the life of the believer. God is real, and compromising what the Word says would be like substituting brass for gold. Next on The Believer's Voice of Victory. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Believer's Voice of Victory. Billy Brim's here with us again to give us some wonderful jewels, some marvelous things from the Word of God. Don't you love the Word, Billy? Girl, we've There's been having the best like time. I, I wish everybody could be here. Uh-huh. If but, you've enjoyed it like we have, you're in good shape. And we just, I mean, between, we were just, God just showing us things, you Praise know? Praise God. Talking about that power of God, and He gave you a word, which you gave in the last, did you give it or was it between the shows? I think it was between the programs. What was that it? you gave the word <laughs> that the demonstration of the power proves that God is the greater one. That's right. That He's greater than the yeah, devil. That's right. And that's that right. Antichrist, uh, Christ is the anointing. He's anti the anointing. Mm -hmm. So He's not. Yeah. He's anti the anointing to show the power of God, and uh, anti the power of God. He's He's not anti love. He has no answer. For the power. No answer for the for power of God. For signs and wonders. No and answer. No. But, and, and, but God, He wants us to demonstrate Satan has this. No, no, no power. I mean, no, no excuse for it. He, he can't overcome it, in other words. He mm -hmm. has no way around the and signs and wonders. God gave you a word that... Uh, what was it? Anybody know? That is the proof. It is the proof that God's the greater one. Yes, amen. In the manifestation of these things, in the manifestation of the power, the demonstration. Yes, yes. Because that's what we're Praise talking God. about. We're talking about saving this generation and be sure that they see the demonstration of power. That's right. Now, uh, I, I'm going to... Um, that's I why there's call, they're called signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. Hallelujah. More and more. We want more. And we more. want more. They're so exciting. Everything we can possibly do to, uh, to cooperate with God. Amen. And I'm, I'm going to give you a couple of uh, sermons here. Not the whole sermon, but I heard them preached by Kenneth E. Hagin uh, years and years ago. And so I found uh, the scriptures and I just, I remember him preaching it. And of course he, he knew that we needed a demonstration of the power. And so he, pre he preached this one called Substituting Brass for Gold. 2 Chronicles 12, 1. It's going to, we're just going to start here and I'll okay. skip some of those verses. But on the first, and it came to pass when Rehoboam had established the kingdom and had strengthened himself, he forsook the law of Jehovah and all Israel with him. You remember that Solomon's died and he had these sons, Jeroboam and Rehoboam. And so this is Rehoboam. He established Israel and it came to pass. Now they forsook the law of God. It is written here. And it came to pass in the fifth year of King Rehoboam, Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Israel because they had mm -hmm. transgressed against Jehovah with 1,200 chariots 
and threescore thousand horsemen. Mm. And the people were without number that came up with him out of Egypt, the Lubim, the Sukim, and the Ethiopians. So they came up and they were allowed to triumph because, Gloria, they had forsaken the law of God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, they humbled themselves, repented, down in verse 7. And when the Lord saw that they humbled themselves, they, were, they did, the word of the Lord came to Shemaiah saying, they have humbled themselves Therefore, I will not destroy them, but I will grant to them some deliverance. That's a degree of deliverance. And my wrath shall not be poured out upon Jerusalem by the hand of Shishak. In other words, if God's wrath had been allowed to come, they'd have been just smithereens. Nevertheless, they shall be his servants. In other words, Shishak from Egypt is going to rule over them. Now, verse 9, this is the key verse. This is the text verse of Brother Hagin's sermon. So Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem and took away the treasures of the house of Jehovah and the treasures of the king's house. He took all. He carried away also the shields of gold mm -hmm. which Solomon had made in the temple. Instead of which, King Rehoboam made shields of brass and committed them to the hands of the chief of the guard. So when God gave this sermon to Brother Hagin, he said, what's happened to our churches is we have substituted brass for gold. Hmm. They had had the gold, the gold shields. And when the enemy came and stole it away, then the king made brass ones in the same image as yeah. a substitute. So he said, you have substituted things for the power, hmm. the real power of God. Hmm. Now I'm going to read you some things from um, Azusa Street. One of the things that happened was a manifestation of the Shekinah, the Shekinah, you might say, the Shekinah glory, the Shekinah. The Shekinah is a manifestation of the glory of God that can be seen. And in the Bible, it manifests in different forms. A fire, a cloud, smoke. And they had all of those things at Azusa Street. I'm going to read you some about it. Um, so Sister Carney, she's one of the young people at Azusa Street. She was just 17 when she had a lot to do with praying it in and establishing it. She described the Shekinah as being a part of heaven. To her, it was like breathing pure oxygen, and to her wonderment, it was always present. Hmm. The, the Shekinah was there. Then sometimes they would have the flaming fire. When I asked her to describe the flaming fire of the Shekinah glory, she told this story. She remembered the time when the fire department coming because of a call that yeah. the building was on fire. When they arrived, they didn't smell any smoke or any evidence of fire. She didn't run out with the firemen. She recalled that Seymour, he was a black one-eyed preacher, Bosworth, you remember Bosworth yeah. who wrote Christ mm -hmm. the Healer, yeah. John G. Lake, Brother him. Smith, and Brother Sines ran out when the firemen came to look at the fire. And this is the way John G. Lake explained it. Lake explained that the fire was coming down from heaven into the building. 
and fire was going up from the building and meeting the fire coming down. Fascinated, Sister Carney went out one night and walked about a half a block and saw the awesome sight for herself. To her, this divine connection of fire coming down from heaven and going up to heaven was further evidence of God's mighty presence, evidence, sign. She noted that although the Shekinah glory, the cloud sometimes, and the misty stuff was present all the time within the building. Hmm. The divine, uh, the, the, the fire was not always present, but the misty stuff was. Well. Now here is a, uh, every one of the people from Azusa Street talked about that mist, that Shekinah glory. And Brother Anderson described it like this. He told me that the Shekinah glory was hard to explain because it could only be described but not understood. At times he would come into the building and there would be a kind of glow. There were times when God would start moving and working and a smoke-like substance would begin to glow even brighter. People could walk through it and sometimes it would sort of roll. You couldn't take a fan and blow it out. It was not something you could pick up. Brother Anderson confessed that he had tried because it looked so tangible. There was a little three-year-old girl and she would try to put it in her purse and put it mm. in a, a bottle or something, but she couldn't get it to, st to take it away from yeah. there. Brother Anderson remembered that at times the mist would get so thick that it would fill the building. Even Seymour was fascinated with the heavy mist that filled the room. In fact, there were times that Seymour would take his feet and kind of play with the cloud, the thick cloud of the Shekinah, the glory. Uh, Riggs, who was a founder and Ward, C.W. Ward and Ralph Riggs were just kids. They were 12 and 14 years old during the, the time of Azusa Street. They later founded the Assemblies of God. And they would play tag in it. They would play tag oh, in the, in the mist. You know, they're kids, and they would run where it was thickest and behind it. If it were heavy enough to manifest, I wonder why you could stand up in it. Well, some couldn't. But I think when you get acclimated to it, you can. Mm. Uh, I remember one time we were having a meeting in Bartlesville, and we were having a manifestation of the glory. And there was this young woman, and she, a girl from high school, and she brought her boyfriend, and uh, he went to a denominational church, and they would come in the back, and every time he would get up about four or five rows from the front, he'd fall down. And he didn't like it that he fell down. He, he, he came back night after night, and I said to the Lord, why is he falling down and we're not? And the Lord said, you're acclimated to it. You're acclimated. You're acclimated to the glory. The glory comes by degrees. Mm -hmm. And you can become more or acclimated to it. And then someone from outside comes in, they're liable to fall right flat down, you know. And some did in Azusa Street. But these this? people that I'm talking to you about there, they came all the time. They came every day. Now, it appeared as a mist. Don't send me cards and letters on this. Send them to Gloria. No, just kidding. Brass for gold. Substitute brass for gold. If you don't have the gold anymore, you make some brass shields. 
Hmm. I tell you what I really don't like. And you could call me old-fashioned, old-school. I don't like to have theatrical fog in meetings. I don't either. I do not like it. To me... That's just... I just don't... It's pitiful. Yeah, I think so. And it is substituting brass for gold. It's theatrical fog when at Azusa Street they had the glory. It's kind of like... I never did understand why anybody would do that. I, in, I in don't In modern either. days, why would you do that? We did it in a meeting or two, and I complained. Good for you. Yeah. Because it you see... It doesn't seem right. It's a, it's a counterfeit, Gloria, to tell you the real truth. I think it's the devil inspired... And I don't even know where it came from. Who I don't... Did it? Devil, it devil, devil. in our meeting. I mean, those machines. Where was that? Does anybody remember? I, 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 here's what I think now, Strange. Glory. I think that Satan knows about the glory. And he knows about the mist. And he just tries to get people to manufacture things. You know, make the lights flash well, yeah, back and hurt. forth. That you, doesn't have any effect on him. You don't have fire anymore, so have mm. these lights going like this. Yeah. Well, they say, well, we got to do it to, 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 uh, to, to get the youth. Oh, no, you don't. Here was the youth That's at Azusa right. Street that ran... Ralph Riggs and his other friend, C.W. Ward, they came every night. They gave up ball games. They gave up absolutely everything because they could not wait to get down there after school to Azusa Street and see the real mist and see the real glory and see the real miracles. See the arms grow out. See the legs grow out. Yeah. So what we've done in our churches, God help us, we've substituted brass for gold. We don't think we're going to have a manifestation of the power, so we don't even leave any room for it. I know that Brother George uh, Pearsons, mm -hmm. he's leaving room for the Holy Ghost to do some things. Yeah, he is. He's given some time to the Holy Ghost to move. And he's not uh, trying to manufacture it himself. No. He's, he's waiting on God and letting the Holy Ghost have mm -hmm. time. Yeah. We'll start to see these things again if we Praise do that. God. And another one right along that same line, and Brother Hagin preached it about the same time as he did uh, substituting brass for gold. He, um, he preached this um, sermon about cisterns, broken cisterns. Cistern, if you go to Israel, you'll find out that they, they, they have a lack of water, so they catch rain in cisterns. And you, uh, you dig this hole, and they plastered it, you know, to catch the water. And Jeremiah 2.13 says this, my people have committed two evils. I have got that on uh, page two somewhere, Glow. Yep, right there. Broken cisterns. Okay. And Jeremiah 2. No, Jeremiah 2. Jeremiah 2, 13. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, mm -hmm. and have hewed them out cisterns. Boy. Broken cisterns that can hold no water. My Lord. Water is a type of the power of God. It's a type of the Holy Ghost. When Jesus was there, you know, on the last great day of the feast, and he said, come unto me, and out of your belly shall flow rivers mm -hmm. of living water. But this spake he of the what? The Spirit. Yeah, yeah. So... If you don't have the manifestation of the Holy Ghost, the manifestation of the Spirit, you might have forsaken 
the fountain of living waters and hewn you out some cisterns that are broken and that can't even hold water. Now, here's what John G. Lake's daughter told me. You remember Gertrude. You knew her. I don't know if I ever was really around her. Well, anyway, you got that book but printed, that John G. Lake, is, yeah. yeah. And so um, she was John G. Lake's daughter, and she told me about her father. Oh, he was the one that had those bubonic uh, plague germs yeah, die, die in his hand. Mm -hmm. You remember? At Azusa Street, where I just now found this out in reading the book about it, Tommy Welchel. At Azusa Street, the Holy Ghost gave a word to, to John Lake, when a disease approaches your body, it will die. When it approaches when your it body, approaches not your when body, it touches it. It will die. Amen. I believe that. And see, John G. Lake, he really knew, Gloria, you had that book printed. Uh, yeah. He had that great a sermon on Christ in me. I love to read after him. And he would look at his hands and he would say, God lives in these hands. Yeah. Christ, the anointed ones, is in these hands. And his daughter told me that he would get up in the mornings. He would dress himself up in a nice suit of clothes. He thought you should dress up nice for the Lord. He would stand in front of a full-length mirror and he would say, you see that man in that Holy Ghost, in that, in that suit of clothes? God lives in that yeah, man yeah. in that suit of clothes. Wherever that suit of clothes goes, God goes. And then he would go out in the day. And he had miracles right and left. You, you helped them get those miracles into that book, that big book. You got yeah. it printed. Here it is right here. I was going to read out of it today, but I don't have a time. John G. Lake, his life and sermons. You talk about power. Oh, I mean, to tell you, it's in this book. I read all those. Oh, and, my and goodness, I, yes. And then I put it in a book. My, and my, uh, my grandson, Brandon, has just read this and read he this. He likes it. B bless the Lord. Now, it's just power. That man... He was in South Africa when the bubonic plague came there. And mm -hmm. people were afraid to bury the dead. So he... To touch and, the bodies. Yeah, to touch them. So he and his uh, uh, assistant, they buried the dead every day. And the British hospital ships came and they said, you better take our preventative. And he said, no, I can't take it. I don't need to take it. He said, these people are dying of a bloody froth at the mouth. Uh, take some of it and put it under a microscope. They did. It was just working alive with germs. He said, now put some in my hand. And they did. Yeah. And every, all germ activity died. They said, what is that he's did? That, sirs, is the law of life in Christ Jesus, Ooh, which yeah, set like me that. free from the law of sin and death. Mm. Now, John G. Lake told his daughter, and she told me, to watch for something that would happen in the church as they... We're substituting brass for gold, you might say. Yeah. He said, the churches will begin to substitute psychology for the Holy Ghost. When they let go of the power of the Holy Spirit, they will attempt to meet man's needs and problems, which are spiritual, with natural means. And they will substitute psychiatry and psychology for the power of the Holy Ghost. Brass for gold. Brass for gold. And uh, I know there are spirit-filled psychologists. I know one of them trained in the best schools, but I'm telling you who she is. She knows man's a spirit, soul, and body, and she casts that devils when she needs to. But a lot of it, a whole lot of it is psychology. Right. 
and when the Holy Ghost could meet that problem. Brother Hagin said, Kenneth E. Hagin. It's two different streams. Two different. That when he pastored, he never had to do counseling. And all the 12 years he pastored, he said, we had an open altar at the end of every service and mm. people would get down there and they would get with God and they knew how to do it. And they would get with God. They'd stay over how long they needed to do and then they would leave. Well, he now said, you and I, we do that every day. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah, exactly, that's exactly, Glow. Mm -hmm. But not everybody knows to do that, right. you know. But that's what everybody But that's what they should, should do. do. They could and should They do. could do. Brother Hagin said he did have a man that came to him one time and said, I have a problem. I'd like to talk to you after the service. And so Brother Hagin, after the service, after the, everybody been down there praying, the man starts out the door and Brother Hagin said, oh, oh, sir, sir, I, I'll... I'll you want to talk to me about that problem? He said, oh, I don't need to now. I got my answer down there at the altar. Praise God. They knew to get their answer yeah, yeah, from God. Yeah. The Holy Ghost, Gloria, can touch that spot in you. Isn't that the you. first thing you think about? Oh, you... the first thing I think about. So you were abused as a child. He can touch that and take that away That's in a right. minute. So somebody did you wrong. He can touch that if you get in touch with God. Yeah. Amen. So I think that there's been a lot of substituting brass for gold, and I'm trusting well, that we're going to get the gold back. One, one thing that really helps people do that, me and you and everybody else, is, having, is putting the Word in your eyes and your ears till it gets in your heart. And then when your situation comes up, that Word comes up. And who wrote the Word? Is it. This Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's right. And the Word and the Spirit agree. That's right. And you apply that spirit written Praise word God. to that spot. Praise God. And it works. It works. It's the way to live. I'm telling you, it works. Yeah. yeah, you can live free from the curse. If it's you kept us a few years. We won't say how old we are, but it's kept us a few years. But we're going strong. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'm 74. I don't have any sickness and disease. I don't have any prescription drugs. I'm not in any pain. I'm Praise healed. the Lord. Praise God. And Billy's God. the same way. You know, uh, Gloria, we, we did this before my birthday. But when you see this, it's going to be my birthday week. Happy and on birthday. Tuesday of that d week, I was 78. 78. Mm -hmm. You're just a little older than me. Just a little. <laughs> well, a little older, a little wiser. That says we're out of time, but Billy and I aren't out. We're, <laughs> we're going strong. We might be out on this broadcast, but we are not. No, we're out not of out of time. time. Hallelujah. We'll be right back. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Be sure to get the notes at kcm.org notes. And remember, Jesus is Lord.